0: Today is week four of It's Time. Before we get to new content, let's do a mile-high catch-up to get us all on the same playing field. Week one, we said it's time for you to get the move on it. Honk, honk, beep, beep. Don't let things of 2022 and the previous years tie you down for what God's called you to live your life at. In 2023, you need to have a change in your perspective of who God is. We just sang about that. In week two... We talked about how, as a believer, you can have joy. Joy is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. Joy is a choice. No matter what, I can't allow my circumstances to dictate my emotions. Joy is not a temporary emotion, but it is a choice of life. Jesus said there was joy set before him going through the cross, and because he had joy set before him, he knew the pain that he endured had greater purpose. In week three, last week, we showed you that you have to give it all to Jesus. We talked about the first thing you need to give to Jesus is your schedule. Put your God time in as first and you schedule everything else around your God time. Second thing was re-regulate what you enter or you allow to enter your body. Spirit, soul, and mind. Filter what goes in and what comes out. Number three, get your finances to biblical standards. Number four, become intentional about what God has called you to do. There's been, in my opinion, a lot of great content over the last three weeks. Go to our website. Check it out. I promise you it will change your life. You ready to get into new content? Week four, it's time We've titled today's uh message Trust the Word. If we're going to have the best version of ourselves in 2023, the word of God must take a priority. In 2nd Timothy, in your outline as Adrian reads, follow along. Oh man.
1: All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work.
0: I want to lay some groundwork for you, and here's what I know. If you don't believe the Bible is true, then what the Bible has to offer you, you won't do anything with. Matthew 24 says...
1: Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away.
0: You hear all the time, especially with the hostility that's going on in America and around the world, that the Bible is full of discrepancies. The Bible's not accurate. The Bible's not for me today. The Bible was written so long ago, it doesn't apply to me. But here's what I know. If you're going to stand on the word, you better know what you're standing on. You better know what you're standing on can be trusted. Mm-hmm. If you were to put a chair up here and the chair looked like the screws were not in it, would you sit on that chair? No. Why not? Because something is telling you the chair cannot hold you. I'm going to be very real for you with a minute, Be very real for a minute with you. We look at the Bible And when we're in our room by ourselves, we begin to doubt different things of the Bible. Don't tell me it doesn't happen because I'm the same way. You're like, did that really? How is this? You begin to question things, just like the chair. If you question the integrity of the chair, the chair cannot function the way the chair was made. If you question the integrity of the Bible, the Bible will not work for you the way it's supposed to. So today, I want to spend the first Half of our message showing you the truth of the Bible. It's what we call apologetics. Say apologetics. Apologetic. It's kind of a fun word to say. That's a, 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 what you learn in Bible school. And I, I actually took the first 10 minutes of this message from a guy named Rick Warren. He's a lot smarter than I am. I just took his material. So if you, if you think it's good, you can thank Rick Warren. But I put my flavor on there, so I can't, we can't, so we're going to answer some questions about the Bible, and then you'll find out why at the end. Seven reasons why the Bible, why the Bible can be trusted. Write down number one. Some of these words are kind of hard, so you'll need to look how to spell them up on the word, on the, on the screens. Uh, It is historically accurate. Psalms 33 says,
1: For the word of the Lord is right and true.
0: How do you know something is historically true? Historians have a process to validate if something is accurate or not. It goes through a three-step process. We're going to fly through these. Number one, there has to be eyewitness accounts. Write down letter A, eyewitness accounts. And as you know, we have a lot of eyewitness accounts of Jesus reappearing. We have in the Bible all sorts of eyewitness accounts. Number two, it is recorded and copied, or letter B, with extreme care. The word copied there is the most important part of this. The Jewish scribes were the ones who would have transcribed the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. They used a process that was not common for most transcribing uh, entities. Most would go word by word. The Jewish translators would transcribe the Bible letter by letter. They were the only ones who would do that. And what they would do is they would take 60 lines of the Bible. We know it as chapter one, verse one. They didn't have all those in it. They would take 60 lines and they would transcribe the Bible line by line, word by word, letter by letter. And then there wouldn't just be one person doing this, they would have 15 people doing it individually. And then after those 15 people got all 60 lines transcribed, they would have three other people come and look at every single page and they would point out different words. And then at the word, they would randomly pick and they would count five letters to the left and five letters to the right. And if one letter was off, the whole page got thrown in the trash and they would start over. That's how accurate your Bible is. Number three, or letter C, there has to be archaeological confirmations. You're going to look at how to spell that one on the screen because I couldn't figure it out either. <laughs> there, there is a great YouTube video, actually a bunch of them, that my dad actually showed a long, long time ago is where we found it or where we saw it. And two guys went and tried to find the the Mount Sinai and the way the Israelites came out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea where Moses was in Ten Commandments. And they have found every bit of it. They go out to the sea and show where they crossed the sea. They go up and up on the mountain where the Bible says that wind came and fire came and and the top of the mountain was scorched. To this day, the top of the mountain, still scorched. They have biblical proof, biblical evidence of archaeological findings that the Bible is what it says it is. So, seven reasons why you can trust the Bible. Number one, it's historically accurate. Number two, it is scientifically accurate. Truth stays the same and science changes. Let me prove that. Go back and read your third grade science book. They don't even have it anymore because their science has changed so much. Does not even exist. Psalms 148 says,
1: Let every created thing give praise to the Lord for he issued his command and they came into being. He set them in place forever and ever. His decree will never be revoked. In
0: 1861, the French Academy of Science which was supposedly the highest academic of science, published an article. 51 scientific facts to prove the Bible is wrong. Within three years, every single one of those proven facts had been proven wrong by their own science. (laughs) Um, Science kept changing, but God's word remained true. The Bible is not a scientific book. But I want you to try uh, <laughs> uh, try this one. You've got, you got to follow me close. The Bible doesn't mention a single scientific misconception. That alone is amazing. Here's why. You've you got to follow me close. The writers of the Old Testament would have been taught things in school about science that would have not been accurate today. It was just 500 years ago, which the older I get, the more I realize that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> Uh, Man, my head hurts right there I got hit with a guitar. I got a big old bump right there. Can you guys see it? I can feel it. It hurts. Um, It was just 500 years ago that scientists believed and taught that the world was flat. But we all know the song. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean and found out that the world wasn't flat. There no such flatness was mentioned in the Bible. But the Bible does say in Isaiah,
1: God sits enthroned <laughs> above the circle of the earth.
0: The word circle there is translated as globe. What's a globe? Round. <laughs> hmm. Hindu science taught that the earth was held up by an elephant. Have you guys seen those elephants in... Him- it gets even crazier than that. They taught it was held up with an elephant and the elephant held a turtle, a sea turtle. The turtle held a snake and the snake was the what allowed it to go back and forth and move around because that's what a snake can do. That's what their science taught them. Moses, an Egyptian, was raised in the highest academia that you could be in. In Egypt, they taught that the earth was held up by five pillars. But yet, Moses never alludes to the five pillars anywhere. No science, no biblical writer, author even mentions anything of the sort. And if you go back and look at the book of Job, Job is the oldest book of the Bible that we have. This is what the book of Job says.
1: God stretches the northern sky over empty space and hangs the earth on nothing.
0: The writers of the Bible would have been taught, not that. So how did they know that? Only God. I got one more for you. This one was, this one was kind of fun. Uh, the, they, they believed that the writing of the Bible, that they could actually count all the stars. And in 150 BC, they counted all the stars, and this is what They counted. 1,022. They got them all. They came up with 1,022. 300 years later, a guy named Talamay comes on the scene who's a very respected astronomer. And he says, I counted them all and you guys are completely wrong. There's actually (laughs) 1,026. You guys were off by four. And his studies are still what they are using today. That's how beyond brilliant this guy was. But I don't know. What's Jeremiah say?
1: The stars of the sky cannot be counted.
0: (laughs) If they would have just read the Bible, they would have been a lot more smarter than their science. (laughs) Hmm. The Bible is extremely accurate when you consider not what we know today, but realize what they would have been taught then and nothing of that nature gets in the Bible something to think about. Why is that so important to understand? Psalms one or Psalms 12.
1: The words of the Lord are
0: flawless. (laughs) Number three, seven reasons why the Bible can be trusted. Number three, it is prophetically accurate. There are more than a thousand prophecies in scripture. There are over 300 for Jesus alone. The the god my forehead, um, the the last prophecy of Jesus was given four hundred years before Jesus was even alive. So, a lot of us or a lot of people think prophecies are general and vague. And that's true. And that's how you begin to question if the prophecy is true about someone is if all they're speaking is very vague. Oh, he's going to be a good person. Oh, he's going, to, he's going to come to the earth. Okay, oh, really? No, the prophecies that were spoken was he would be a baby born in Bethlehem. He would have to flee to save his life. That he would one day save the world. The, the prophecies were very, very specific. And the, the greatest thing that I thought was that, that David prophesied how Jesus was going to die by crucifixion. The great thing about that, when David prophesied that, crucifixion was not even invented. They didn't even know about, they didn't, that was not even a thing. But yet he prophesied how Jesus would die in a punishment that they didn't even know. How would he do that? God. There's a study done uh, on what's called a study of probability. You guys know what that is? Um, you take a bucket, let's say you get a bucket of 10 tennis balls, you, 10 or nine green balls and one red ball. You put them in the bucket, you shake them around, you blindfold yourself, you put your hand in there, and what's the probability that you would get the red tennis ball? One in 10. There's 10. What? 1 in 10. 1 in 10. That's the probability that you could get the tennis ball. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys ready for this? You guys ready for this? Mm -hmm. Okay. They did the probability study on how one man could fulfill a prophecy that was written 400 years and beyond. And what would that be? So the number you don't even understand. I had to take it a notch up (laughs) because just fulfilling one prophecy wasn't big enough. What if one man could fulfill 48 prophecies? One person fulfilled 48 prophecies. What is the likelihood of that happening? What is the probability? Take this cap off this water bottle and you paint this cap red. And let's say you get a whole bunch of other caps just like this, same size, and you stack them all up. And you stack them all up seven feet high. Still following me? But you stack them up seven feet high, and you fill this whole room. Seven feet high, whoop, a bunch of caps. Do you think you'd be able to find the red cap? What's the probability?
1: Okay.
0: Okay. Follow me on this. The probability of one man fulfilling 48 prophecies, which he's fulfilled much more than that, fulfilling 48 prophecies... Take this cap seven feet high and cover the entire state of Texas. It takes 14 hours to drive tip to tip to Texas, cover the entire state, and then get in your plane from Norman, Oklahoma, drive over, fly over Texas, and then at some point, just decide to jump out and land on the one cap that's red. The number is one in ten to the hundred and fifty-seventh power. I mean, that's that, that zero can wrap all the way around the world. Mm-hmm. The probability of one man fulfilling forty-eight prophecies written four hundred years ago and beyond, before his birth, is impossible. But God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Second Peter.
1: For no prophecy ever came by the will of man, but men spake from God, being moved by the Holy Spirit.
0: So there's prof- prophetical accuracy that you can trust your Bible. Number four, I'm going to fly through the rest of these, it is thematically unified. The Bible was not written by one person. It was was written by over 40 people. They wrote it over a period of 1,600 years. They lived in 12 nations and three continents. They could not collaborate. But how in the world could all 40 writers write about the same theme without a contradiction? Luke 24.
1: And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself?
0: Meaning only God. Can your Bible be trusted? Yeah. Number five, uh, it is trusted by Jesus. <laughs> Matthew five eighteen.
1: For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter... Not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished.
0: Let me say it this way He used the Bible to support what he did. How would a man use the Bible to support what he did if it was not accurate? Number six, it has survived all attacks. I love playing the flip side of things. If it survived the attacks, why would it need to be attacked to begin with? You don't attack things that don't have relevancy. If I looked at you all and said, Adrian's a dirty rotten dog, you all would just laugh at me and move on. Because there's no truth in it, you don't give credibility to it. So why would you attack something unless you know there's credibility there? There is a constant attack on Christianity because the enemy is trying to keep people far from it because the devil knows the validity and the power of the word of God. So he has to create confusion so that you will attack and that the world will attack with what's going on in America right now to get people confused that the Bible is not what the Bible says, therefore making Jesus not who he said he was. 1 Peter 1 says,
1: All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall.
0: Verse 25.
1: But the word of the Lord endures forever.
0: You can attack it all you want. You won't overpower the word. I promise you that. Number seven, it has transforming power. (laughs) The Bible will change your life. I want to ask you a question and be honest. Those of you who've been here six months and over, how many would say your spiritual life is better now than it was a year ago? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Did I do that? No. The word of God transforms you. I can do nothing. The word of God is transforming power. John 8.
1: If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Mm -hmm. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John is
0: saying you will be transformed by the word of God whenever you hold on to what's true. I flew through all those time, but also because I wanted you to understand that the word of God can be trusted. The Bible says that it is sharper than a two-edged sword, and I promise you, you have the right to everything that the Bible gives you access to. If the Bible is true, then you have right to access everything it promises you can have. You see where I'm going with this? It is important for you to understand that you can trust the word no matter what you think, no matter what you imagine, no matter what your circumstance is, because the truth of the word is powerful. It is alive, active, and your opinion is irrelevant. <laughs> All right. I want to show you in one simple phrase how to unlock the power found in the trusted word of God. Every one of you on your phone more than likely have a passcode. I don't know how to make those off my face, whatever. You have a passcode. And if you know that passcode, you will have access to everything that your phone has access to. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know the passcode, do you still have access to it? Why not? You don't know how to get into where all the information, the world's at your fingertips. You can watch movies, you can play games, you can do research, you can do homework, you can do anything you want to do. But if you don't have the passcode to get in, all that it can do is of no value to you. If you don't know the code, what is available to you is not beneficial. Oh. In the kingdom of God, there's much to be accessed. But if you don't know the passcode, you don't get the benefits of knowing what you have access to. I want you to listen to me closely when I say this. The effectiveness of the Word of God in your life is up to you. I'm going to say it again. The effectiveness of the Word of God in your life is up to you. That right there is worth coming here. Okay, let me show you this. 1 Thessalonians, read that, Adrian.
1: And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe.
0: Say the last part in bold, which is indeed at work in you who believe believe big powerful phrase the word of God which is indeed at work in you who believe we spent the first few minutes talking about how you can trust the word and the word can be trusted it's been proven so you can trust the word of God The Word of God says that you are to believe, and if you believe, it is working in you. So that leads to a question: Do you believe? believe? If you believe it is working in you, do you believe in the word of God? Matthew 9 says, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. You get to choose the effectiveness of the word of God in your life. If you have faith in your life and you choose to believe what the word of God says, you have found the passcode to access everything that the word promises to you. What's the passcode? Faith, Mm, believe, faith. If you have faith, you have access to every single thing the word has for you. Everybody say faith. Faith. Say faith. Faith. Say faith. faith. Hebrews 4 says,
1: But the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not combine it with faith.
0: Oh, so you have to have faith and you have to combine it with faith. So you have to have the word and know the word and combine it with faith. Write this down. The most powerful uh, statement you're going to hear today. My faith releases the power of God's word in my life. My faith releases the power of God's word in my life. But at the core of who you are, you have to trust that the Bible is true. And if you can understand that the Bible is true and you know the passcode to what you have access to, you will walk in everything that God has given you access to. So how do you combine the word of God with faith? Number one, (laughs) I'm gonna get real practical, real simple. Number one, choose to read it. <laughs> You've got to spend time daily in the word. Number two, choose to believe it. Trust the one who said it. I just proved to you the Bible can be trusted. Number three, choose to declare it. <laughs> You've got to say that word. Confess it with your mouth out loud. Let the people in your house, if you live in an apartment, let the people underneath you think you're going crazy. It's all right. Number four, got to choose to act on it. I've been involved in ministry the majority of my life. One of the most common things I hear is, I want God to use me. That's great, but the sad reality is I've been hearing the same phrase for 20 years from the same people. God will not use you sitting at your home doing nothing. Go act on what is your calling. If God has put a desire in you to win souls, you have the passcode to access everything you need to go win souls. Do I look mad? I kind of am because my forehead hurts, but then I'm kind of mad because I want you to understand. I'm sick and tired of lazy Christians, I'm about to say good for nothing. I'm sick and tired of lazy Christians coming in and saying, God, use me, but I'm not willing to get off my chair and go be used by God. I want to be a soul, and I want to lead someone to Christ. I think that's fantastic, but it does no good sitting in your house. You have access to, I wish I had a Bible. You had access to everything the Bible has for you, but you're too lazy. What did I just say? We want to sit there and read our Bible at our home and, oh, have the lights dim and the music playing and our favorite beverage sitting on the table and us rocking in our chairs. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm going to read your word. And that's great. But if that's all you do, you're missing out on the greatest aspect of what God's called you to do. And that's fulfilling your purpose. It's it's wonderful that you walk around the house and I am a champion. You declare it all you want. You read the, that's great. You need to do that because the the, the, the word says that faith comes by hearing. So you start saying that stuff, you get it out there. But if you only stop and do it in your room, then you ain't doing enough. I'm telling you. I'm going to put like a semi-drug, you know, like, that's what I'm saying right now. God has spoken through his trusted word that if you combine his word with faith, you will have the power and the access to do everything that he has called you to do, to walk in everything he has called you to walk in, to have everything that he has called you to have. You combine your word with faith and you do what it says, James 1, 22. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. If you're going to have the best version of yourself in 23, know that the Bible is accurate. The Bible can be believed. The Bible is truth. But you've got to get the word and you've got to combine it with your faith. And when you are able to combine the word with your faith, you have to understand that we are a spirit-filled church leading people to become fully devoted disciples of Jesus. And in order to be able to do that, I've got to combine the word of God with my faith and I can't do it sitting at home. So if you want to have the best version of yourself, you've got to trust what the word says. That means you've got to get yourself out of yourself and get in the word and get out of your living room and get to where the people were at and start using the effectiveness of the word of God to see lives transformed. It's time that in 2023, you have the best version of yourself in order for you to do that. You have to trust the word is true. And then you go act on what you have access to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good stuff. Hey, all right. I'll motivate myself back here. Broken head and everything. Let, let's, let's pray. I'm, we went long with worship. God, thank you so much that you have called us to do great things for your kingdom. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you invoke in us a desire to walk in the plan that you have for each and every one of us. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit this morning that as we dive into the word this week, It becomes alive in us that we understand because the word is true. We have access to the word, which now gives us access to everything that the word promises to us. That is health. It's healing. It's wholeness. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's self-control. It's gentleness. It's mercy. We have every single thing that the word says we can have and we access it through faith. So, Lord, let our faith rise. Let our faith rise. Lord, let our faith rise. Build within us Of faith that surpasses our understanding. Build within us a level of faith that trusts your word for what it says, that we no longer look at situations the way we see them, but we look at them through the eyes of faith and what the word of God declares to be true. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.